Welcome to Podcast One. We hope you'll support our sponsors who bring you these podcasts absolutely free and with limited interruptions. And of course, we appreciate you listening to this show, which will get started in just a second. Hey guys, it's me, Corinne. I got a new podcast on Podcast One called So Random with me, Corinne. Tune in for the good, the bad, the ugly, and even embarrassing. Peen your pants convos all the way. Unfiltered. Oh, yeah. Download new episodes every Thursday at podcastone.com, the new Podcast One app, or subscribe at Apple Podcasts. Podcast One presents Starving for Attention with Richard Blaze, an entertaining behind-the-scenes look at the world of food, where you'll hear from anyone and everyone from the culinary industry, including restaurateurs, TV hosts, celebrity chefs, producers of your favorite cooking shows, and many more. Now, here's your host, Richard Blaze. Hey everyone, Richard Blaze here. This is Starving for Attention. Hope that you love the podcast. I hope that you love it so much that you were surprised when a special episode popped up uh, in your library queue there for your podcast. This one is a live show that I did in Chicago. Uh, This is real. It's raw. Uh, The audio is in a large room with a couple hundred people. Uh, I hope you like it. This is how I spend, you know, I don't know, 100 days of my year uh on the road performing live in front of people so this is richard blaze live from chicago illinois enjoy the bonus episode did that but that was fun but I'm a little I want to be shameless for just the first uh, 30 seconds of my performance Um, as some of you I hope are not videotaping that's okay to do that later Uh, but I would like to give you all a little bit of shine for my own personal social media accounts Um, so if you could on the count of three uh, reenact that amazing warm welcome <laughs> that you gave me so that everyone on my Instagram and Facebook and Twitter follow it. That's a half a million people wow. will know how excited you are to see me. Can you guys just play along for a second? Oh my God, hold on. Right field bleachers. You're a little excited. We're going to do it on the count of three. Now listen, for those of you who like understand social media, which is all of you, I'm pretty sure, because there's a lot of cool glasses in the crowd. Uh, you got to hold the applause for like 13 seconds. I'm going to pan back and forth. Do you have the endurance for this? You Okay, here we go. Ready? One, two, three. Dropping my stories all day. Let me make sure I get this live. None of you work for this, right? Is that I'm not a Okay, I want to make sure. Uh, here we go. Uh, okay, and we are. Uh, send, send, send. We're good. Okay, everyone, we're back. Uh, so Chicago, Illinois, and I think there's some uh, San Francisco people out here as well, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. So now I know the uh, the ratio. It's four people from San Francisco. <laughs> and 30 people from Chicago. Uh, We are going to demonstrate 
a couple of dishes for you. I'm not even sure how many. It's going to really be up to you and how much fun that you're having. Uh, during the whole uh, show, go ahead and yell things out. Um, I've already picked Jay out as a potential heckler. Jay? Right? Yeah, there you go. Potential heckler right there. Um, but if you got any questions, comments, or concerns, go ahead and, and shout it out. Uh, but what I'm going to do is demonstrate a few dishes that we would do at our restaurant or the dishes or types of dishes that you're going to eat tonight. So, Jones, where do you want to start? This is Scarlett Jones, everyone. My assistant, Scarlett Jones. Jones is not her real last name, so don't go try and find her on the Instagram. I'm not quite sure why you have a stage name, uh, but, it is, but it is Jones. Uh, but we're going to start with one of my uh, sort of like kind of signature dishes, although I don't like the term signature dish. We're going to do this dish called Oysters and Pearls. I love saying that when there's people from San Francisco in the audience, because when I say that, they're like... You stole that from Thomas Keller. I don't know. That's not a San Francisco accent, by the way. That's more of like a New Jersey, New York sort of accent. Uh, but uh, Thomas Keller, who's one of my mentors, has a dish called Oysters and Pearls. His is with tapioca pearls, and it's warm. It's not that good. Um, I'm just kidding. It's delicious. He's a three Michelin star chef. Uh, but mine is, I'm a, a native New Yorker who loves uh, mid-90s hip-hop, so mine is a remix version of Oysters and Pearls. So we're going to start with a couple things. One... Just for you, Chicago and Ignite Glass Studios, who they all left us. They just <laughs> turned the pizza ovens off and left us. Well, actually, we could go back. We should make some pizza. Yeah, They're not show. here. Yeah. We should do that. Next show, we're going to do pizzas here. Uh, but they did leave me the biggest green bowl ever to present oysters on. <laughs> hand, I was going to say hand card. It's not card, it's hand molded, blown. Yes. Uh, but this is from the studios. We like to sort of, uh, of course, integrate anything that's local. Uh, we also have some juniper branches uh, that I grabbed from outside. So I apologize to whoever I have to apologize about <laughs> grabbing these branches from outside. We also have an ocean rock that Scarlett brought from San Diego, California. Good job, Thanks. right? Um, and we're going to plate this dish, uh, oysters and pearls. So we start with oysters. I was going to say these are local, but I don't think that's possible. <laughs> Um, so we'll say these are Hog Island oysters, okay? For the few Ooh. people from, yeah, I was gonna, yeah. someone. Yeah. I mean, where's your, where's your food? Like, you almost lost all of your street cred for not yelling out for Hog Island oysters. Uh, but those are some good Northern California oysters. Uh, we have those, and then we're gonna dress it with uh, mignonette to start, right, Jones? Right. Mm -hmm. uh, this is a mignonette. So mignonette is basically a vinegar with shallots and peppers and some herbs. This is some dill. Mignonette's also just one of those ways for me to sound incredibly pretentious. Mignonette. It's a French word. I could have just said there's some vinegar on it, right? Uh, and when it comes to writing our menus, we'd rather say things like that because I do think it's kind of silly uh, with some of the words that we use. We'll talk about that later. Uh, that's a pretty classic dish. It could end right there and it's going to be uh, absolutely delicious. doesn't need any salt because oysters have their own salinity. Uh, but now we're going to add uh, one of my favorite ingredients uh, to this dish. And one of my favorite ingredients is... Thank you, Scarlett Jones. <laughs> Liquid nitrogen. My assistant, who travels 90 shows a year with me, knows that. Thank you so much. And thank you for realizing that you had to say it. Thank you. Right? This is kind of a big one. Let's see if we can pick this one up together. This is a big one. This is liquid nitrogen, everyone. Uh, this is, uh, we'll bring it over here, I think, right? All the way over here to the corner to start. Um, this is probably a 100-liter doer of liquid nitrogen. All the candles, you guys are tech savvy. This is great. By the way, I've just, I just did a show in Minneapolis like last night for like a bunch of accountants. 
You guys are so much cooler. <laughs> they were fun, but they weren't like, they didn't have the cool glasses and the skinny jeans. You know, we don't wear jeans. Beard and everything. I like it. It's a good look. It's a good look. Uh, but you guys are really, really cool. And then I bring out the nitrogen, and you guys are going kind of nuts over there. Uh, yeah, this is uh, Rich, what Richard Blaze travels with right here. Um, and we're going to make a sauce um, that's basically um, horseradish ice cream and a little bit of xanthan gum. Horseradish ice cream and xanthan gum. So before I do that, xanthan gum is this ingredient over here in this container, it's xanthan gum. Uh, it's one of those ingredients like you hear described as like molecular gastronomy. Have you heard of this thing? Do you guys, like, can we just have a real quick like therapy session for me? Um, is it, are you okay with it? Do you like liquid nitrogen? I mean, uh, sorry. Do you like molecular gastronomy? You do? Really? For you, for sure. For me only though, right? Okay, but like, let's, can we be honest? The, it's a horrible term. Right? Because you're never going to be going out to eat and you have a dinner and you're like, I want to go to Chinese food, I want Mexican food, how about Italian food? And then someone's like, what about some molecules? <laughs> like that doesn't really work. It's just a cold term. Um, the science of deliciousness is what molecular gastronomy is. I kind of like that. That kind of works. Science of deliciousness. One of the items that's uh, sort of in the framework in the lexicon of molecular gastronomy is this. It's xanthan gum. Uh, it's this uh, white powder right here. Another ingredient might be something like methyl cellulose, which is basically something that looks like this white powder right here. Um, another <laughs> ingredient that we use in molecular gastronomy is lecithin. Uh, it basically looks like this white powder right here. Um, basically, the reason I'm setting this up for you is that 75 times a year, I'm getting on the plane with this and 19 miscellaneous white powders. <laughs> I am on many watch lists, many, many watch lists. And I have to tell them, it's for emulsifying, it's for gelling, it melts at a different temperature. This one, sometimes they actually don't let on, believe it or not. Um, okay, so back to the dish. We have uh, xanthan gum and horseradish and ice cream in here. We have liquid nitrogen. You think I could? I, I shouldn't, right? We, sh we shouldn't? Also, by the way, uh, this is totally sidebar. Uh, Jones and I got mildly electrocuted about an hour ago. <laughs> We're playing around with some weird plate that like makes lightning bolts and stuff like that. Mild, like, you know, just like, you know, like enough to wake you up. Not enough to give you superpowers. That I know of yet. Right. Tomorrow morning, follow me on social, I'll let you know if I've been gifted with some sort of electrical current. All right, here we go. This is liquid nitrogen. Before I dump this out, uh, Jones, this is really heavy. I know. Oh my gosh. Here we go, I got it. Um, put it on the thing, so there you go. You've already been electrocuted, I don't want to cryogenically freeze you, Jones. Uh, this is liquid nitrogen. Was there water in that container? It sounds like there was a little bit. Um, okay, anyone have open-toed shoes on? No? Pick your feet up for a hot second. If you could, just do that. Okay, there you go. Well, you weren't expecting that, were you, everyone? Um, okay, so, the reason I tell you to pick your feet up is, uh, actually, you'd be okay. I just did it to scare you. But here's, here's why I tell you to do that. If you're ever performing on the Today Show, which maybe some of you will have a Today Show appearance, right? The trailblazers that you are. Trailblazers, we spell it differently. We spell it Blaze B L A I S. So we're going to be battling out hashtags later, I'm pretty sure. Um, if you ever end up going on the Today Show and you spill liquid nitrogen on Kathy Lee's feet, it is an automatic three year ban of the Today Show. I'm back now, everything's good, but I'm just telling you, automatic three year ban. Okay, so we have liquid nitrogen right over here. Uh, I know you guys are all super, super tech savvy and super smart. It's minus 367 degrees Fahrenheit, 
or somewhere around there, someone who's really, really smart might be like, it's actually minus 366 degrees Fahrenheit. It's close. All you need to know is that it's really, really, really cold. Don't ever stick your hand in liquid nitrogen. Don't ever use it as a secret ingredient for your award-winning hairstyle. <laughs> Which, by the way, is one of the secrets to celebrity chefdom, right? Is I also have silver hair product in, by the way. Um, I'm going for somewhere between Khaleesi and Anderson Cooper. Just, just to make that clear. Um, but if you know, I think that is part of the secret. Like uh, Guy Fieri, uh, Amberell, uh, Richard Blaze. It's liquid nitrogen. It's basically what it is. Um, I know all of you own my first cookbook. Try this at home. For sure. Thank you for lying to me. Um, but I will give you one of the recipes for free if you don't, and that is my hair uh, product. It is in the book, and the recipe, if you want to write it down, it's equal parts duck fat and liquid nitrogen. That is the secret to the hair right there. Okay, so we have nitrogen. It's really, really cold. Don't ever touch it. Someone's just like, how is he touching it? Um, it's like your hand over a candle, right? If I just you know, wave my hand over a candle, I don't burn myself. If I leave it in the nitrogen, I will freeze my hand. It will be really, really bad, right? Okay, so we have our nitrogen. We have our horseradish ice cream. Jones, are you with me? I'm with you. Chicago, are you with me? Yes. San Francisco, yes. there's only four of you. I'm not too concerned. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Thanks, by the way, for coming out and an elimination game for the Cubs night, by the way. Thank you for coming out. Um, I am hoping that the Cubs win tonight. I'm hoping the Cubs win tonight so that I can get tickets for tomorrow. <laughs> Um, from my from from one of my friends, Dave Roberts, the manager of the Dodgers. Okay. Ooh, where, where are you guys Cubs fans? Like, yeah, somebody should have thrown something at me from left field. Okay, here we go. This is uh, ice cream, horseradish ice cream. Uh, Jones just gave me the signal to hurry up. Uh, we're putting our horseradish ice cream into the nitrogen. You can't see um, what's happening right now, but as the ice cream hits the nitrogen, it's forming this pellet or sphere, something that looks like a pearl. That's why we call the dish oysters and pearls. Uh, and you might be hearing about this, seeing it, and saying, wait, I've seen that before. Uh, and you have, probably at a stadium. Uh, or, oh, I just realized, Jones, you're recording this? Yeah. Hey, what's up, GoPro? What's up? Um, by the way, guys, we're also recording the audio for this. It'll be on my podcast, Richard Blaze is Starving for Attention, if I get permission. Uh, okay, I think I got it. I, we just got permission. Um, if the only thing I'm going to sell you is to download the podcast, subscribe to it, review it. It's free. That's not much of an ask. Okay, uh, here we go. Pearls, right here, right for your, right for your. Can you zoom in there? Can we, I'm going to do one of these. I'm going to be all dynamic with you, and I'm going back. You got it. Uh, but you can see these are pearls, right? So we are going to. Who, who dared just text me right there? That's Fabio. Fabio just texted me from Top Show. There you go. He's driving around in his uh, Mercedes with his Yeezys on. Very fancy guy, very fancy guy. Okay, there we go. We have our oysters uh, with mignonette and pearls. Uh, that's our first dish for you guys. That's our first dish. Okay. We're gonna move on uh, to, uh, oh, by the way, if you clap, they clap. You see that though? You guys, good, good show. Oh, nice. It works, it works. Okay, here we go. Uh, I just tried this out. You probably don't want your cell phone too close to the nitrogen, but I'll let you know how that worked out later tonight. Um, <laughs> Next dish we're gonna do, Jones, is right over here, right? Uh, we're gonna add, uh, we're gonna make basically a version of, I don't know if you guys got this in the hors d'oeuvres, yeah. but a hand roll, right? So uh, this leaf right here is very cool. This is a shiso leaf or a paria leaf, right? 
Um, and you probably know what it tastes like even if you've never heard of it. If you've had really great sushi, you've definitely had shizo. It's usually something that's under sashimi with like some shaved daikon and then this big green leaf and probably most people uh, don't eat it, but you should eat it. It's really, really great. It's delicious. It's, got, it's like a cross between basil and mint. Yeah. Yeah. I totally made that up, but it works. It sounds like it works, right? Basil and mint. Uh, so we start with our shizo leaf, and then we fill it up with a little bit of sushi rice, uh, and then I'm gonna dress this up with uh, some raw fish. This happens to be some hamachi. You have a little salt over there, Jones? You have some salt? A little bit of hamachi. Oh, here it is. We have some, what is in here? This is togarashi? Mm -hmm. We have a little togarashi, which is a Japanese uh, chili. It's a seaweed and chili powder, a little bit of salt. Uh, we have a little bit of soy sauce that we're gonna dress on here as well. We're basically making a taco. Uh, we're, is it gluten-free? Mm -hmm. oh, except for the soy. This, probably, well, this is gluten-free soy. Um, <laughs> this is gluten-free, everyone. That, by, by the way, anytime you say that in Southern California, people just go bananas. It doesn't even, <laughs> like you just have to come out and say gluten-free like 17 times and everyone just goes nuts for it, okay? All right, so we have our, our soy sauce on there and then we're gonna add some pickled celery. We make our pickles in an interesting way. We use this tool right here for our pickles. You probably see this when you go to the coffee shop and you get whipped cream, right? If you get those drinks anymore, the milkshakes, whatever they call them. Um, and they put cream in here and you charge it up with nitrous oxide uh, and it inflates the cream, there's enough fat in it. But it's another great tool to make pickles, right? Because again, it's basically a vacuum. We put our pickled ingredient in there. In this case, it's celery. Uh, we charge it up with the nitrous. I just wanted that sound effect for the podcast. There's nothing in here. Um, <laughs> now everyone on the podcast knows. Um, but what it does is, because it's a vacuum, it's compressing all of those flavors. So there's celery, the vinegar, the sugar, the spices are in there, uh, and we expedite the process of pickling. So for those of you in Chicago, I know it's a long winter. You guys probably, right now, are with all the mason jars in your basement, putting everything away for the long, cold winter, right? Um, instead of pickling something for six months, this will expedite that and take, let's say, a month pickling and turn it into a couple of minutes, right? So these are the sort of techniques that I developed or started working with as I started competing on television where all these challenges are ridiculous and you have to make ice cream in five minutes, right? Um, or when you have to make pickles and you only have 20 minutes, these are why we started playing around with most of these technologies to solve a specific problem. That's just for my Silicon Valley guy over there. Is, you know, the personal pain point as a cook was, how do I make pickles in five minutes? This is how you do it. How do I make ice cream in five minutes? That's how we do it. Okay, so we have our pickles. Uh, we're gonna finish this dish with some pickles. Oh, just because you, you cut these, I'll put these on here. Some <laughs> cucumber. If I would have missed it, no one would have noticed. A little bit of the celery. Um, and, oh wait, I'm gonna put a little bit more spice on here because I want a little bit of that. Oh, you know what this reminds me of? This reminds, okay. Uh, I'm gonna put a little togarashi on here and we're gonna do something here. Uh, we, uh, hopefully you guys will let me do this. Have you guys ever seen the show, Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives? Oh, yes. Okay, a couple people oh, have yeah. it. Actually, more people have it than I expected, but we're gonna do this thing right now. I am going to, for those, for basically the left field bleachers and the center field bleachers, reenact every episode ever of Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives. You'll never have to watch an episode. For the, you, you all that watch it, uh, you'll understand that this is every episode. Follow me here a little bit. There's a camera, imaginary camera, right over this mixing bowl. This is every shot of Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives. I will, just for, because I, Guy's not here, I will play both roles of Guy Fieri and local chef. Uh, who he's visiting. Okay. Okay. 
What's up, brother? What are you making here today? That was Guy Fieri. I am now the local chef, who, by the way, has never been on television before. Never. Super low energy. What are you making here, brother? Making meatloaf. Put some salt in it. Camera right over this bowl, everyone. Put some pepper in it. Put some white pepper in it. Put some paprika in it. Put some smoked paprika in it. Put some Hungarian sweet paprika. Some Montreal steak seasoning. Some roasted poultry seasoning. Some taco seasoning. Some North African lamb seasoning. Some Mediterranean fish seasoning. Some wasabi powder. Whoa, brother, you put wasabi powder in there? That is lights out, out of bounds. That is culinary gangster. That is every episode. That is every episode ever of Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives. And there's a lesson here for those of you who may end up on Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives. It is wasabi powder that sets Guy Fieri off. You can put every spice in that mixing bowl until you say wasabi powder. You are not a true culinary gangster in the kitchen. All right, we're going to move on. That was just too much. That's too much fun. Guy, by the way, is a good friend of mine and uh, an amazing person. He's right now in Northern California, literally cooking and feeding everyone who's fighting those fires up there. One of the best people ever. Not to go real dark with a really fun moment and take it real serious, uh, but he's awesome. podcast and we're very excited because jenna fisher you know her pam from the office is on our show and she's talking about her brand new book an actor's life she's also talking about the time she auditioned with larry david and hugged him when he was trying to get her to leave the room it's amazing i've never been so jealous it's one of the funniest episodes and funniest guests we've ever had on so tune in to the lady gang this tuesday exclusively at podcastone.com or the new podcast one app and don't forget to rate and review us on apple Podcasts so we can feel famous you're listening to Starving for Attention with Richard Blaze. Uh, next dish, Jones. I'm distracted. We're going to do duck, it looks like. Okay, so bonus dish, bonus dish. We're going to do duck. We've already done two. Contractually, that's all I have to do for you. We might even do two more. We're having some. Are you guys having fun? I hope. Yeah. This is going to be the entree, uh, and it's going to be a duck dish. So we start our duck dish. In a very interesting way, we use this machine over here. Uh, some of you already have come up here because you have one at home. Don't look away from me when I'm here. <laughs> right? Like if you have a soup, if you have an emergent circulator at home, yeah, you got to do that. You got a lot of time. That's good. Like you're in it. You're in it. So we start with our emergent circulator over here. This is a basically a machine that controls the temperature of this water bath. At the end of the day, it's just a really precise fish tank, right? Is what's happening right here. So we set this for duck to 62 degrees Celsius. Celsius. The only reason that I cook Celsius is because I'm an asshole. <laughs> no other reason to cook Celsius in the United States. It's actually a little easier to work with. You can use Fahrenheit if you want. Uh, but at 60 degrees Celsius, 62 
53 Celsius, proteins begin to coagulate. You've heard of this ridiculous thing on menus, a 60 degree egg, one of my pet peeves, by the way, right? I don't need to know what temperature the egg was cooked, I just need it to be delicious, right? In my younger days, as a chef, like three years ago, I would say things like, lamb cooked in a plastic bag for 72 hours. That does not sound really good. It doesn't sound delicious. I just wanted you to know that I was playing with some toys in the kitchen. Uh, I've gotten over that. Uh, now we just serve you duck. And if you ask how is it cooked, we go with the little thing. But sous vide is basically a vacuum sealed bag, right? So this is a vacuum sealed pouch that we precisely cook this duck in. So it enables us uh, to cook it perfectly, mid-rare, medium, whatever you set the machine for. Some of you have this at home, so I'm not going to talk directly to you because you know the merits of it already. <laughs> I want to apologize in advance if you wake up at 4.30 in the morning and see me on an inf infomercial. I was young, I needed money. <laughs> I haven't done one since in like eight years. Uh, but the merits of it are one, precision, right? So for the restaurant chef, it makes sense. I'm here with you in Chicago. I have a restaurant in uh, Southern California. They have 45 steaks, that, you know, 400 steaks that they're cooking over the next two days. And I can set the machine, it can cook to the temperature of mid-rare all the way through. I don't have to worry about my cooks making an error, right? Um, I can actually, with a machine like this, set this temperature from the plane. That might be a little too much. But I do have a Tesla. I'm just saying. I'm kind of into setting things up to do whatever it wants to do. Okay. Uh, one of the merits is precision. So if you're not a good home cook, this is a great tool for you, right? Because if you can't cook 12 steaks medium rare, which by the way is hard, even if I did it, so Jones could probably do it, she's a better cook than me. Um, but I would probably have temperatures all over the board if I just cooked 12 steaks for you right here. This machine is gonna get, make it perfect, perfect each and every time. Uh, I'm gonna step away from the speaker. There you go. <laughs> uh, that's one of them, is precision ease, because of course it's cooking, you don't have to worry about it. The other thing is it can't cook past the temperature that the machine is set for. So like, you can't overcook it, right? Literally, you can't overcook it. You'd have to cook it for like three days. You would literally have to go on a business trip. And two days into the business trip being like, oh my God, the sous vide duck. And you'd probably still be okay, right? Um, so it helps if you're not a great cook. The other beauty about sous vide is you can see in this bag, we've already opened it up, but we left the juices in here, all this juice that comes out of the duck. This is duck juice, which is stock and sauce. It's also duck fat. If we put this in an ice cube tray and pop it into the freezer, like something Rachel Ray would tell you to do, quite honestly, it would separate into its fat and its juice. And now you have, like in my freezer at home, all these weird little cubes of like duck fat and salmon fat and tomato fat and all these weird little flavor boosters that you can use in other recipes. Also, if you're into health and nutrition, it does sort of uh, retain some nutritive value, if that makes sense in here. But I'm not really... You know what I'm saying, okay. Um, it also doesn't shrink things as much because it cooks at a low temperature. So, that's the merits of sous vide. We have our duck cooked sous vide. Uh, some of you might say, and be honest with me, if I cook uh, a piece of meat in a plastic bag, does it sound delicious or look delicious? No. Not really, right? Because, it, and, and it, it's perfect and you can eat it, but it's not as delicious as, as it can be. So after it's cooked sous vide, we pop it over here, and that's what Scarlett is doing. She's taking this duck, and she's put, cooked it in a pan. It's already cooked, so now the cook just has to brown the skin. It's visual, it's really easy to do. And what's happening right now is it's creating something called the Maillard reaction. Maillard reaction is the browning of proteins. There's a French scientist named Maillard. I'm not making that up, but it sounds like I, I could make it up. Um, but it's why like toast tastes better than bread, or why a steak might taste better than a piece of meat that was boiled in a plastic bag, essentially, right? 
Uh, my Art Reaction is also the name of my new indie band. It's, it's Alton Brown and I. He does keyboards, I do tambourine, we split vocals. It's a mysterious thing, find it on iTunes. Okay, uh, are you making sauce in here? She's making, she's gone rogue. Scarlett's gone rogue. Uh, but this is great. She's using the juice that was in from the duck pan. She's making a sauce with it. Um, the other beauty of sous vide cooking, I really should be selling one of these, is um, that we've also cooked our carrots in there. What's it called with the carrots? Oh, yes, okay, yeah, that's the recipe. Um, uh, we cook our vegetables in here. So, like, it's really quick for vegetables. So, this is like a 20 minute cook. This is how I cook Thanksgiving dinner at my house. Mainly because I only have six burners, right? Uh, and I just don't have enough. It's one of the things at Thanksgiving is there's no space. Even if you have a, a, a brilliant kitchen, I have a pretty nice kitchen, I don't have enough room to have nine pans on the stove. So I cook the carrots sous vide, I cook the mashed potatoes, the peas, everything gets cooked sous vide, and literally, we're opening up a plastic bag and dumping it into a bowl. Um, it's also got all the flavors in it. So in this case, like Scarlett just said, uh, I have cooked the carrots in some chamomile. So literally at home, Grab a tea bag of chamomile tea and put it in some water. If you're not even putting sous vide, just boil some carrots and some chamomile tea. And it's got this great sort of floral, sort of uh, herby sort of flavor to it. It works really well with carrots. So carrots cooked in chamomile. That recipe is also in so good. Which, which, no, but aren't they, aren't they all? Yes. You guys are all getting a coffee of so good! And you get a coffee. You, you guys haven't even been nice to me. You get coffee. You, get, you might even get two. They're all under your seat right now, everyone. They're under your seat. Go ahead and find them. They're right there. They're not under your seat. That was from Oprah. I'm sorry. That's the first time I've ever done that. That was live. That was improv. Speaking of improv, Second City invited me to come by and kind of hang out with them on stage one day, but I'm really scared. Do you think I should do it? Oh, so scary. Um, okay, so now we're going to plate our dish. We have our sous vide duck. Thank you for leaving for me to uh, slice. Scarlett has uh, basted it in this pan, and this is actually, look at this. You know, it's kind of hard because it's dark in here, but look at that. Yeah, that's just like perfect rose colored all the way through. Uh, that, i got to stay away from the, the speaker. Can you come over here and plate this? Yes. this it's got feedback. Feedback is also uh, the name of one of uh, my new apps that I'm launching called Feedback. It is a in-the-moment sort of version of Yelp where you can come into the restaurant and while you're sitting at the table, link up with the kitchen and send them your thoughts on the dish that you're eating right there. You could be like Richard Blaze, the duck is a little salty. But the feedback app allows me to respond to you as well in real time. And then I can be like, no it's not. Very passive-aggressive idea, very passive-aggressive idea. My mic okay, there we go. That's not real, by the way. Uh, we have a podcast, Starving for Attention, and part of the podcast is we develop these ridiculous ideas, which I've actually learned is a good way to start a brainstorming process by starting with a ridiculous idea, and usually you can filter down to something that's actually applicable. But one of the other ideas we have, and this is real, is I really love donuts. Do you guys love donuts? And uh, I also love... Did, you, did someone say, fuck yeah? First of all, thank you for making the podcast for me now having it in the beginning being like, there's mild language in this one. We were in Chicago. I know, I really appreciate it. But fuck yeah. Somebody here saw me in that movie, Why Him, right? Yes. Yeah, well, a lot of you. Thank you for watching what wasn't a really great movie. No, I'm just kidding, it was great. 
But in that movie, which was great, I have a small role. I play a version of my, I play a molecular gastronomist who's like really into weird things. Like he does a surf and turf with plankton foam and edible soil. And he's like super weird and pretentious. Uh, his name's Richard Blaze. Um, but I play a version of myself from like five years ago, which is also the douchiest thing I've said today. <laughs> now we're just, we, we dropped one F-bomb, now we're saying all sorts of stuff. Okay. Uh, but the movie was fun. My first feature film, and I'm in a scene with Brian Frank, uh, with uh, Brian Cranston and James Franco, which is like, by the way, that's pretty intense, right? Yeah. And if you've watched the movie, the first thing, the first line that I come out is all improv. It's an improv moment and Brian Cranston's like, oh look, it's Emerald, right? Or something like that. And I'm like, Emerald's a dick. <laughs> and it was just an improv scene where everyone was cursing in the movie. I was like, I'm going to get in on this. And it made the cut. It made the cut. But a lot of fun. Okay. So Jones just played in because she knows I'm behind. She's got the duck with the chamomile carrots. She's putting a little bit of uh, salsa verde on there. And then we're going to finish one thing up in there, right? We're going to finish yes. one last element. Can you, can you bring it closer to me so that I don't have to give feedback on the... Uh... Oh, I didn't tell you my other idea. I love donuts. You said fuck yeah. <laughs> I also love drones. Double fuck yeah. <laughs> I want to create a company that delivers donuts via drone called Dronuts. <laughs> right now, the prototype is about $7,000 for a dozen donuts. <laughs> and you can only get it 100 yards from my house. But we're working on it. We're working on it. The beta will be better. Okay, here we go. We're going to finish this dish up. Uh, I'm going to move this little guy with the Guy Fieri uh, hat on it. Um, uh, and we're gonna add one other element to this dish. You ready, Jones? You gotta right. come to me. You gotta come to me on this one, Jones. I can't get close to the speaker, Jones. She's really good, by the way. She has managed, I've had, she's my fifth assistant. She's, she's the fifth Jones, basically. They've all been named Jones. That's how we do it. All right, here we go. Uh, you're gonna fire this up. Scarlet, by the way, is from Queens, New York. Is Brooklyn in the house? Yeah, there you go. Yes. Brooklyn or Queens, by the way. I said Brooklyn. Uh, both. both. There you go. Right on. Forest Hills. Forest Hills. That's yeah. totally Queens. <laughs> All right. So she's from Queens. So that you'll, that'll make sense once I introduce. <laughs> this is a tool that Scarlett grew up with. Go ahead. Let's fire this thing up, Scarlett. Uh, yeah. Here we go. This is the smoking gun. In college, this had another name. Uh. Or in Forest Hills, this had another name. <laughs> Maybe more like Jamaica, I don't know. Okay, there we go, fire that up. And what's happening right now is this machine has a little bit of hickory smoke in it, uh, and it's enabling us to smoke this duck breast, but mildly, mildly smoking. We don't want to overpower. But there's a couple of really important things that are happening. I love that you guys got the cameras out, it's just like great. Like a free bird style, like I'm gonna free bird this thing later. Here's the most important thing, you're all, you're all business people, I know you're all entrepreneurial, and you guys are just crushing it. This now, the hickory smoke, the dome, it comes in the dining room. This now enables me to charge you an extra $30 for this dish in my restaurant. Now it's a $64 dish, it was only $19. Uh, this comes out to the table. Uh, the server does one of these. Boom, everyone goes crazy. It's the, uh, it's the modern day fajita, uh, is that dome. Everyone has to order it. Uh, and guys, are you doing, do you got five more minutes for me? Yeah. I can leave now, they'll still pay me, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> but I'm gonna hang out for five minutes. We never do this, but because truly I mean this, you guys have been amazing. Uh, I wanted to do something I've never done before. 
at least live. I do it on TV all the time. Uh, your meal is going to be prepared by a couple chefs. This food was helped, or was prepped by a bunch of chefs. Brian, Lynette, come on out here. Yeah, that's right, everyone. That's right. Give it up for Brian, Lynette, and Star. Brian, Lynette, and Star. They've done all the work tonight, but now one of them's going to go home. No. <laughs> For the first time ever here at the Ignite Glass Studios in Chicago, Illinois, one of our chefs will be leaving us. No. Brian. Lynette. Jones. Lynette. You cut the hamachi. With like a hammer, I'm assuming. <laughs> Brian. You made the horseradish ice cream. You forgot the horseradish. That was just heavy cream, guys. I lied to you. I was covering for Brian. Jones. You travel with me across the country, internationally even. You're the clear favorite tonight. <laughs> You've had better days. <laughs> One of our chefs will be going home. Lynette, Brian, Scarlett. And the chef who's going home is? Commercial break. <laughs> the commercial for you guys it's this uh, new app it's called Dutch it's basically for when like you know when you're traveling you guys all travel across the country and you're like in an airport and like you want to try out that restaurant but you don't really want to eat the whole meal so wouldn't it be nice if you could find another single person or single diner in the area to split that meal for you one to have company two to split the cost of the meal it's called Dutch basically it's tinder with french fries back to our show One of our chefs will be going home. And the chef who's going home is... Richard. <laughs> You're all safe. Back to the kitchen. You're all safe. Oh! Clap, if you will, now, audience, but there's a twist. For the first time ever, one of our chefs isn't going home. But one of our audience members <laughs> Three of you have been a major pain in my ass for the last three years. Yeah. I usually don't say ass, but you unleashed the gate back there. <laughs> really, I'm speaking on behalf of restaurants nationwide. The three of you have just been trouble. When I call your name, please stand. Well, the person on the paleo diet, <laughs> the person who's gluten-free, <laughs> and the vegan, please stand. I'm just kidding, you guys aren't going home anyway. You were sweating a little bit there. You were sweating. Oh, you're a vegan, aren't you? I knew it from the beginning. I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. Um, guys, you have been a great audience. That's near the end of the show. I wanna share one last moment with you, if I can. Um, this is my first cookbook, Try This at Home, the one you're not getting tonight. 
Um, it was nominated for a James Beard Award. Oh. Nominated. Thank you. What a savvy crowd that even knows what a James Beard Award is. It's basically like the, the you know, the, the Grammys, the Oscars, the Tonys, the Webbies, the ESPYs, whatever it is that you love, that's what the James Beard Award is for chefs. Nominated for Best American Cookbook. That's a big category. It's like Best Picture, basically. Um, if anyone ever tells you that their thing was nominated for something, it means they didn't win. <laughs> they say I won a James Beard Award. When they called, I was like, Oh wow, we didn't even know we were gonna be up for an award. We didn't make the film. It wasn't like we made the book to go to camp cons and all that. Like it was just a cookbook. Super excited. They hung up the phone, they called back. It was like, oh, by the way, will you also present the last five awards of the evening? And I was like, yeah, that means I must have won my category. It doesn't mean you win your category. <laughs> it means you lose early in the night, sit through a four-hour banquet, and then deliver in tears other people's dreams at the end of the night. Uh, but really why I wanted to share this book for you uh, is just for one reason. It is the centerfold of the cookbook, Try This at Home. I believe every cookbook should have a nude centerfold. <laughs> this is my family, my, my, my wife and my two daughters who were four and two at the time. Uh, I'm a native New Yorker. What's up, Forest Hills? He's leaving. He's walking out. That's all right. Um, uh, native New Yorker. So on Sundays, we have you know spaghetti with Brooklyn gravy. We have spaghetti and meatballs. And my kids were into this thing. I don't know if you've heard of it. Um, Disney? Yes. Okay. They were into Disney and this movie Frozen at the time. And you got to buy these dresses from China, Princess Anna and Elsa. And every Sunday, Riley, who was four, is getting marinara sauce all over Princess Elsa's dress. And uh, it was too much, right? Too much cost with the laundry and everything and getting new dresses from China. It's a whole mess. So one Sunday supper, I asked Riley to take off her princess dress. And uh, she's a pretty smart kid, but maybe not that smart because it was halfway through the meal. But halfway through the meal, Riley says, Dad, why am I the only one naked? I thought it was a valid question. So we started the new Blaze family tradition of topless spaghetti dinners. <laughs> South Force, Chicago, Illinois, the only reason I'm telling you this story is if you end up over my house for Sunday supper. <laughs> my kids ask you to take your clothes off. It'll still be a little awkward, but at least you know the backstory. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. We are going to send some food out. I'm going to make sure they come by each table and uh, spend a little time with you if you'd like. Uh, but again, thank you so much. I'll see you in a little bit. Thanks for listening to Starving for Attention with Richard Blaze. Download new episodes every Tuesday on the Podcast One app, Apple Podcasts, or PodcastOne.com. Podcast One has new shows on our new app. Check out all the cool features to help you explore our exciting new programming, like America's Lakers podcast with Jay Moore, Sessions with Randy Jackson, So Random with Corinne Olympios, Attack Each Day, the Harbaugh's podcast, Not Just Sports with Susie Schuster and Rich Eisen, and Sound of Success, the Dick Enberg podcast, as well as your old favorites like The Lady Gang, Steve Austin, Shaquille O'Neal, and Adam Carolla. Get the new Podcast One app in the App Store, Google Play, or PodcastOne.com.